0: to the Mancunian Candidates on fabradiointernational.com Myself, I'm Carl Paul Ripley and that guy over there. I'm Mike Royce and it's good to be here but I believe something's just happened. Well, what do we want to go straight to it now? It's the terrible, terrible news of what's happening in the UK right now. I've got the figures in front of me. Um, 35,383 new infections in 24 hours. Thirty. There's also been 532 deaths in 24 hours. Um, Total deaths so far: 66,000 people over that. Um, Joe, we do this show every week. We've been doing the show as a podcast for many years. And today, when I heard the news, I was just you know you get sort of beaten down with it, don't you? About the news, about the, the virus, about what's going on and how people ignore it. But today, I was upset. I mean, I literally, and two hours ago, this information came out. I'm upset at what's going on. I'm, I'm just lost with it all. And I'm I'm really put off doing the show tonight because this is, just imagine it's 66,000 people, families, fathers, brothers, sisters. It's just terrible, terrible. And we're, sort of, we're deadened to it. We're used to it now because it's been bombarded. We're in level three, tier three, tier two. It's nonsense. Uh, Mike, I know you're angry about what's going on regarding Christmas.
1: Well, both. I, I'm I'm fed up because here we are, we're doing this show, and it's Anglo-American politics, current affairs, and yet what, what it's beginning to feel like is it's a show based around the two capitals of COVID I mean we're we're just uh, we've we've literally got the two countries the United States and the United Kingdom that are leading the path in in destructive behaviour in that we're ignoring science now and that we're just crashing on with this and and people are are dying left right and centre I mean I've got a massive problem with what's happening in the UK later on we're going to get into detail over the United States which has got to I was referring if you've watched the earlier shows where I said that January was going to be a cauldron of death and it sounded a bit dramatic that cauldron is already nearly here It's happening quicker than I could have imagined. But let's just have a look at the situation in the UK. We've got a nice video to watch.
2: If business owners had hoped for a pre-Christmas boost, they were set to be disappointed. The Netherlands is back in lockdown. Non-essential shops, hairdressers, cinemas and gyms will have to stay closed until mid-January. In what would usually be a bustling area of The Hague at this time of year, the streets were near empty those out and about accepted the new rules.
3: It's necessary, I I approve it uh, completely. They implemented it too late,
4: should have been done in the middle of November.
2: There are so many people that are sick or that are uh, uh, at, at hospitals helping them, so I mean we're fine, you know. Schools and daycare centres will also remain shut as the government tries to fight a rise in COVID-19 cases. Social interaction will be restricted with people told to limit contact at home to two people. That will be relaxed over Christmas to allow three visitors. In a televised address to the nation, Prime Minister Mark Rutte insisted the restrictions were necessary, saying we have to bite through this very sour apple before things get better. And he's not the only European leader either taking or contemplating tough measures. In Germany, where the government announced a new lockdown yesterday, drive-through Christmas markets have sprung up around the country. (laughs) Food can be bought for consumption in vehicles, one of the few seasonal options for people who want to escape their homes. It's a lovely idea. We like it a lot. Unusual ideas for unusual times. I think they've done really well
5: at creating some atmosphere, especially for the children.
2: The German lockdown will come into force tomorrow in an effort to tackle stubbornly high infection rates, and people rush to get their last-minute Christmas shopping done. Chancellor Angela Merkel forced to take further steps after lighter restrictions failed. And the Italian government may be forced to follow. In one of the main shopping streets in Rome, the queues were not at the tills, but at COVID test sites. Worries have grown about crowds gathering for Christmas events and a curfew and a ban on non-essential movement are being contemplated.
6: And it's now likely that the next big mistake will be over the easing of restrictions over Christmas. And this isn't smarmy lawyers. Let me give you the British Medical Journal. The British, British Medical Journal yesterday said this. We believe the government is about to blunder into another major error that will cost many lives. The Prime Minister should listen to that advice, not just ignore it as usual, and if he really is going to press ahead with this, can he tell us what 's the assessment and has it been done of the impact that it will have on infection rates and increased pressure on the nhs what 's the impact well Mr Speaker, I wish he 'd have the, the the guts just to say what he really wants to do, which is to to cancel the plans people have, have made and, and cancel, uh, cancel Christmas. That's really, that's what he, I think that's what he's driving at, Mr Speaker. Uh, he's, look, he's looking a bit blank. Uh, I think that's what he's driving at. But I can tell him that as of today and just, uh, just, uh, just this morning, there is actually, as I say, unanimous agreement across all the uh, UK government, across all the devolved administrations, uh, including members of all parties, Mr Speaker, including uh, his own, that we should proceed. Uh, in principle, with the existing uh, regulations, uh, Mr. Speaker, because we don't want to criminalise people's long-made plans, Mr. Speaker, but we do think we do think it's absolutely vital that people should, at this very, very tricky time exercise a high degree of personal responsibility, especially when they come into contact uh, with elderly people and avoid uh, contact with elderly people uh, wherever possible. And that is how, that is how by being sensible and cautious, not by imposing endless lockdowns or cancelling Christmas as he would appear to want to do. That, well, that's the only implication I can draw from what he's said, Mr Speaker, unless he wants to announce some other idea. That is the way we will continue to work together to keep this virus under control to defeat it and take the country forward
1: what can you say what can you say um, I couldn't agree more with uh, what Keir Starmer was saying and what a lot of sensible people are saying well, I've said it before on this show this Christmas nonsense this obsession with oh Christmas and he's going on like oh he, he would cancel Christmas and, and, and is Christmas worth dying for
0: great point in Northern Ireland has just been told uh, uh, from Boxing Day there will be a six-week lockdown from Boxing Day. But prior to Boxing Day, you know, help yourself, go giddy. Absolute nonsense. But the thing is, there's a, an article in the Manchester Evening News, our local newspaper, and it's a local nursing home. And it states the owner, of this, I think he owns three nursing homes, that are 40% of the staff don't believe in the vaccination, having the jab. 40% of the staff. So, where does that leave you? It leaves you with this, and my thought about it this week was, when the internet came out, and we was, oh, wow, and it's an amazing thing, it still is, I mean, we're on the internet right now. But when the internet came out, it was all the thing about information. Information is at our fingertips. We just do that on our computers and we find out who was number one in 1961. Instantly, and it's giving out information, but they've to tell you that a large percentage of that information will be disinformation. It didn't um, start out that way. That's why. But it's gone that it way, didn't and it's start the future as well. And I think now we can't turn it off. We can, you know, we can't go back. But the future of politics, the future of the world, is it's, tends to be based around information from the internet. And I think we're in for a very weird time.
1: Well, today. I think I think it will push people back to newspapers and it will push people back to what can be seen in eventually. I'm hoping, well, I'm just getting to that. I'm hoping that we, there will be a movement of people that decide now is the time to go backwards a little bit and ask for more guarantees of what you're reading. And you should be, if you're reading something, you need to know that it's accurate <coughs> and you should try to find out. I don't think you can trust Facebook. I don't think you can trust a lot of the stuff online. But you can but, but, but trust but here some here of here the news organisations. Here's the
0: argument, though, and we've talked about it before in the office, um, people are judgmental on the vaccination, saying not enough testing time, it's nano nanobots and all that nonsense. However, the pharmaceutical companies have lied and lied through their teeth in the past. Mm. And people have died and there's been children born with all sorts of issues and problems because of vaccinations. And so the people who who are saying we should trust, like you trust the doctor, but yes. can you trust the doctor when... They're giving out...
1: Yeah, but you keep missing... We've had this before, and you just keep (coughs) missing this one crucial factor out. And that is that a lot of what you're talking about happened in the past, and things are getting better. Things, oh. are ge- things are bound to get better. You ca- so, things are you telling better. me? Things are you are telling better. me? Trump being no, in power. No, you're not. Better? That, what's that got to fucking do with what we're discussing? No, no what's, what's that got to do with this? What is well, that. Bringing Trump into a, a conversation on vaccines. trust. It's ridiculous.
0: Well, here's Trump saying that you should. Ridiculous. A he says he should put bleach in your veins. No. The, you, so that's why.
1: It what exists. has that got to do that's with vaccination? It's got to do nothing with It matters all the way. It doesn't matter that. So we've I'm talking backwards. about the we've
7: got to process go to go I'm
1: talking about the process I'm talking about reality how many people die from vaccinations now compared to how many people did 80 years ago it's minimal it's because science ago, and yes. medicine but progresses we can point. do cancer treatments now that give people a
0: year's life that they you're, wouldn't have absolutely. had absolutely it's an amazing to right then well However, give them a bit of you're credit you're missing then the point for in the which is 100 years ago for Lidobide.
1: Yes, I know. So that I was know. 100 years ago, Yeah, I know, it? I know. So but we're learning about? as we go. We're learning as we go. Is it we're not lear- better We're learning to- that, yeah. that, that so, the,
0: so the just, company and the government cover right. up.
1: Well, let me just tell you, that couple that have developed the vaccine with BioNTech uh, have done wonders, and they're two people that arrived in Germany because of the possibility of settling there because they were taking migrants they were taking people who were la- leaving another country because of a problem and because of of the EU being so understanding in that way they they've they've saved the day I mean that is an amazing vaccine that they've produced the, things are getting better science is improving
0: and but this you're is missing it missing the point that I'm not the mis- missing the point. Misinformation is getting bigger. Yeah, and bigger well, don't
1: confuse the two. We shouldn't be confused. I don't think you two. should confuse the two. You're confusing the two because you're mentioning Donald Trump after a load of people that have worked all these hours on these vaccines. That Donald Trump I mentioned is Donald misinformation. Trump for the reason
0: of him spreading misinformation yeah. about vaccines. And so, quite clearly, it should be in the conversation.
1: It's in the conversation. Right? Go, we, we should We should be pushing now to get. Guarantees on the how can level you of information. How can you tell the well, the starters, we need to regulate Facebook. Yep. That's number one. I we agree. need to get my uh, Zuckerberg in a room and say, "Hi, ah, you've had a good run, haven't you, Sunshine? You've been happy to watch all this crap. You've, happy, you've yep. been happy to play a part gain, in putting putting in Caligula in the White House. Yep. So now it's about time you." submitted to some regulation because you can't be trusted. I tell you what, Mark, you're not capable of doing this job. You've got a weird face. Now piss off and let's let let's break up Facebook what has a and weird keep face it. got to do with it? Facebook, he he's just got a weird face. He offends me. can we move on? Yeah, absolutely. We've had a um, bit of feedback. Bit oh, yeah. of fan mail again. Wonderful. So uh, a lot of people had a problem with Brexit. Um, we were described uh, last week as defeatists, probably funded by the EU um, uh, Todd Frame said oh dear, more remain a rubbish, um, Life of TikToks says uh, Brexit is political, it's not economical Brexit came from the people, not the establishment, mm-hmm. he's saying oh. how important fishing is and that the Conservative Party won't let, give, let go of it and the EU can't afford to lose it and yeah. he, he says uh, that one side will be worst hit politically with a no deal. He doesn't really elaborate on that. Um, Hedley Smedley Ponsonby of Mercia uh, says, that day we found out we were leaving Europe. He's quoting us last week. Speak for yourself as an English European. I'm only leaving the EU. What a tosser you are. You know exactly what we were saying and you know exactly where we were coming from. And you've got another moron like you who goes into cage, his name is, going, yeah, leaving Europe, clueless, yeah. No, let, let me just explain. We may we're not leaving a landmass, no. But the perception will be that we're not part of Europe if we go crash out with a No Deal. We're not part of Europe in the sense we're not trading with them. Our passport doesn't doesn't give us free access and, and visitation rights to anyone for however long we want. We can't settle there, work there, no freedom of movement. And this is what happened in the 60s. We were we were blackballed from joining the EU by France, who perceived us to have a transatlantic inclination. Because we were trying to get the independent nuclear deterrent. So, you know, try and do your homework if yeah. you start going on about this. The
0: poor men of Europe. The poor men of Europe. Yeah. yeah.
1: We will be seen as left Europe, even though the landmass won't move. Europe is is not just. Uh, we can't just say we're, we're Europeans when we've decided to turn our back on them. It doesn't matter where the land mass is. And uh, someone, 100GMO78, uh, good God, why don't. Just use your names, guys. Uh, at least the English and Welsh, vote, Welsh voted for it, unlike the Northern Irish and Scots got a point. Um, Cold Breeze says, Has that guy had a cable up his... Mm-hmm. I don't know which one or what you hell you're talking about, but here's where it really gets good. So Mick A says, I love this, it's better than Corrie. I'm glad he, he likes us being battered by Brexiteers. V- Van Cluse Vanguard allows me to have a little conversation about this the uk is not leaving europe it's leaving the political organization known as european union again i've just addressed that you utter clown um a few other points i have never met a brexiteer who wants to restore the empire or anything like it they want to escape the never-ending responsibilities and guilt that many people including almost all remainers seem to hang on to Okay. Responsibilities uh, slash integrity. If someone's actually providing you a service like the EU is, maybe you would uh, not see that as a responsibility, maybe as a duty, but you you know, clearly you know best. And if you haven't met a Brexiteer that wants to restore the empire and start flag waving and and going backwards in time, then you haven't been watching the news. You haven't been speaking to people because, uh, believe me, you may think you're not the tosser that you are, but I know you are the one. Uh, You are completely in that vein. And I'll get to another point in a minute on this. Uh, He he then goes on to say the world's economies do not have employment law, banking law and economic systems aligned. Um, And okay, well, they do, you moron, because when somebody changes the interest rate in this country on banking finances, uh, the, we will only change it in line with another country. Otherwise, the money will be taken by the billionaires and the corporations out of our banks and put somewhere where they learn more money. So we've got no, uh, we have got economic alignment. Employment law, if you have better rights for a world class chemist or, or physician or whoever uh, in one country rather than another, they'll go and move there and work there. So, yeah, you end up having to have very similar employment laws or you lose out. Banking laws is a very easy one. If we haven't got integrated and aligned banking laws, how come we had a world financial crisis in 2008, you complete buffoon? That's because... Glass Eagle was removed by Bill Clinton, who then uh, made it a lot easier for banks to use all the depositors' money to gamble. So then, Tony Blair had to do the same here. And then, Europe did exactly the same. and And very soon, the entire world was gambling with everybody's money and they blew the economy up. That couldn't have happened if the banking rights and banking systems were not aligned and and then there is no, that he says if there's no such thing as sovereignty why are most countries not part of the EU and don't want any part of it it's because they're they're not next to it you imbecile that's the whole point you can sell something cheaper to someone next door Uh, and if you get allowed to sell to them without a tariff and they sell it to you it's the cheapest way of trading in the world trading with Australia trading with Japan is far more expensive ask anybody who's ordered something online and it arrives and you get a customs bloody surcharge which is the situation you'll be in if we don't have a deal with the EU commonplace things will start to get more expensive and then he really, really uh, caps it off with just basic insults that's just the first two minutes of two blokes talking bollocks the one thing this proves is that there are people as thick as shit on the Remainer side too even strongly in, rational, intelligent Remainers will be embarrassed by these two because the thick morons were all supposed to be on the Brexit side and then there's loads of people going oh my god they haven't got a clue it's Remainer TV there you go um, and that cheered me
0: up can I have that last insult please
1: um, what the thick morons yeah um, yeah, even strongly rational, yeah. intelligent Remainers will be embarrassed by these two because the thick morons were all supposed to be on the Brexit side.
0: And don't forget, you can email the show.
3: <laughs>
0: it's yeah. mancuniancandidates at com if you want to add some insults to that. Or just comment on... Yeah. The YouTube site itself.
1: Absolutely, but as a rebuttal to this, we've got a little video that'll explain. If you are actually thinking yeah. that we've got that that there is a uh, a possibility of this Australia deal, uh, well, you, we have explained that it doesn't exist.
0: And and after that, hopefully, uh, joining us from Alaska is Tom Anderson. Hopefully, uh, depends on our producers got it lined up and all that type of stuff. Uh, let's play the video.
2: I heard there Boris Johnson's Australia deal. That means no deal, doesn't
3: it? Yes, it does. I mean, Australia does not have a trade agreement with the European Union, so that would very much mean no deal.
2: Well, it sounds... You know,
3: one of the things i Sorry. One of the things I've tried to say all along here is that that... You know, I've I've had my doubts about the sincerity of the UK government in wanting to negotiate an agreement. And I think the basic problem here is that despite the Prime Minister's comments about the EU rejecting a Canada-style trade agreement, the UK negotiators have been asking for more than that. They've still been asking to cherry-pick bits of the single market that they like, such as the community licence for hauliers to be able to drive around the European Union, which the EU flatly said no to.
2: Well, it sounds like a change in tactic, though, but realistically, we've always been preparing for a no-deal outcome, haven't we?
3: Well, I mean, at the level of UK PLC maybe, but the problem for businesses, of course, has been that until you know what kind of trading arrangement, what kind of trade regime you're going to face, it's very difficult to make any preparations. You know, a simple example being will we face tariffs or won't we face tariffs? What kind of checks at the border will we face? Well, now that's become very much clearer. And frankly, at this stage of the game, there is very little difference economically between a deal or no deal. because. A basic free trade agreement that would give you zero, zero tariffs and zero quotas would still leave all the non-trade barriers intact by dint of leaving the single market. So you're still going to be facing checks at the border. We've been told this by the government. There'll be customs declarations needed, deal or no deal. There'll be sanitary and phytosanitary checks on both sides of the border for animal and plant produce, deal or no deal. And of course, the, the, the knock-on effects and disruptions to supply chains that that will entail particularly now given COVID and and the stricken nature of our manufacturing sector in such circumstances, could drive many firms out of business.
2: Indeed. In the meanwhile, the the EU leaders, they say that they'll continue talking. So there's still plenty going on behind the scenes, isn't there?
3: Yeah, I mean, it it is possible. Of course, never say never. It it is possible that in the middle of November, something could be pulled out of a hat. But I think the chances of that are quite low, so long as the UK government holds out on things such as dynamic regulatory alignment. Brexit economically only makes sense if you want to pursue a different set of regulations to the European Union. So whilst we still have that up in the air around the nature of uh, labour regulations or environmental standards or agricultural standards, bear in mind of course the UK government refused to enshrine agricultural standards in law, um, less for example that it wants to pursue a trade agreement with the United States that would mean lowering those standards the two sides are still poles apart in that area and then you have the totemic issue of fisheries which the, the uk government doesn't want to appear to compromise on and of course the vexing problem of state aid and the eu are not going to compromise on their principles there so unless and, and the key issues around regulatory alignment and, and you know level playing field and state aid are resolved that There really isn't any scope for an agreement. The two sides in those key areas still seem poles apart.
2: Indeed, as you say, there's not much movement, is there? But could there be a trade-off then? Britain gets the fish and the EU gets the rules all about the level playing fields. While the fish is a tiny part of the economy, sovereignty is key to many Brexiteers, isn't it?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, the sovereignty is an illusion. There is no, no trade agreement anywhere in the world that doesn't involve some trade-off for sovereignty. Now, you can bleat about sovereignty all you like, but if you want to have a trade agreement with the United States, you're going to accept their agricultural standards and you're going to accept the notion of American big pharmaceutical firms getting a crack at the NHS. Now, frankly, I doubt whether the British public would swallow that. But by dint of simply engaging in negotiations over trade, you have to come to a middle ground, and that, I'm afraid, is trading off sovereignty.
2: Do you think we will get a deal, yes. Alex?
3: With the European Union? Yes. I think it's uh, increasingly unlikely.
1: I like the fact he's having a conversation there for a few minutes and then he goes, he go, oh, do you think we'll have a deal? And he goes, with the e- e- European Union? Why, well, it'd be strange if she was talking about somewhere else after all that, wouldn't it?
0: Welcome back to Remain the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, email the show, studio at fabradio... sorry, Mancunian Candidates at Fab Radio International.com, and we're back on that one. However, we we're talking before about misinformation. I saw a show the other day, uh, and uh, it clearly defined something which hit home to me sugar puffs. Mm. <laughs> what about them? Well, they're not that sugary anymore, and they're not that puffy, are they?
1: I, no, Adam, I didn't like them then. They had an oily sort of horrible thing that floated on top of the milk. I didn't like them. Just saying, sugar puffs. Sugar, sugar puffs. puffs.
0: Misinformation everywhere. Cocoa Pops were good, though. Because they made
1: the, cho- like made the milk chocolate they haven't had them for ages either. Okay. I don't know, maybe everything's a bit rubbish now. Misinformation. Feels that misinformation. Sugar puffs. I don't know.
0: Right, uh, where are we up to? Right, well, we're,
1: we've... We're still in the middle of a lot of nonsense, and I think we, it's good to have a look at the reality of a situation. We've, we've been talking about voter fraud, and, and we know why Trump's doing it. We've answered it on the show. It's a grift. He's
0: trying to hang in there, and in the meantime, can we add this as well. Yes. He's got, mithering his supporters to give him money
1: yeah we did did. that's what money's
0: flowing into Trump
1: at the moment we showed that last week where we where he's he's made he made 200 million within the weeks of this while it was going on this week it got to the electoral college and it was certified and that was the end of that and, and you'd think, well, is this, is this over? No, they're still pushing it. They're still pushing it. Uh, Sidney Powell, his lawyer, has now got a pre action letter off uh, Dominion, who wants to sue him because basically she's ruined their business and made everybody believe Tell that who the Dominion, machines, be Dominion uh, operate the voting machines that uh, are so crucial in uh, Georgia, where they're saying that they were that wrong that it's robbed, uh, it's robbed Donald Trump of the election. Yeah. But here's the thing I always like to talk about consequences. And if you think, well, okay, he's just having a go at trying to win. He's trying to hang in there and get a little bit of money. I mean, is there any harm in this? Well, let's have a see if there's any harm in in accusing a, a country of engaging in voter fraud and having people believe it.
8: Now to breaking news. A former Houston police captain has been arrested and charged with running a repairman off the road and then pulling a gun, claiming that he was part of a massive election fraud conspiracy.
9: Investigators say that repairman was innocent and the allegations are, were false. Channel 2 investigator Mario Diaz has been reading the court documents in his breaking story. He's live in the newsroom with details. Mario. Keith, prior to the presidential election, Mark Aguirre, a former Houston police captain, claimed there was widespread voter fraud in Harris County. He even reached out to Channel 2 Investigates. We pushed him for evidence, but Aguirre never provided any of it. Now, in a reversal of political fortune, this former HPD captain was arrested by HPD today, HPD today, I should say, charged with allegedly running a repairman off the road on October 19th, holding him at gunpoint and claiming that he had 750,000 election ballots. In the end, it all appears to have been a conspiracy theory. Now, Aguirre, faces the potential of up to 20 years in prison for the alleged aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. At the time, he told police that he was part of a group called Liberty Center, and what they were doing was conducting civilian investigations into ballot schemes. Investigators say Aguirre rammed the man's truck, then pointed a handgun at the repairman, forced him onto the ground, Aguirre allegedly putting his knee into the innocent man's back. No ballots were ever found. The man's truck was actually filled with air conditioning parts. The day after the incident, the DA's office says Aguirre was paid a total of $211,400 by the Liberty Center and ultimately he was paid over $266,000. The Liberty Center is a Republican organization with a motto for God and country. This is a look at their website where they also raise money. Now in a statement, District Attorney Kim Ogg said the following of Aguirre, he crossed the line from dirty politics to commission of a violent crime, and we are lucky no one was killed. Attorney Jared Woodfill of the Liberty Center tells me in the last 15 minutes, Dr. Hoetze had hired Mark Aguirre's investigation firm, and he had a team of approximately 20 investigators on the case. Woodfill says that Dr. Hozi did not know what he was doing. He finds it hard to believe that Captain Aguirre would go stop a car, pull, someone out of it and then put a gun to the person's head woodfill adds dr Hotsey was concerned and remains concerned about the integrity of elections in harris county the state and nationwide we are staying on top of this breaking story more to come in the days ahead
1: so that's what you get that's what you get i mean you you pump people full of passionate lies that you feed them spoon feed them over time and it's like radiation poisoning they, they can be really reasonable and they can start out just wondering if there might be something in it. But here's the thing, we live in a world where if somebody is elected president, there's a certain amount of, of credibility there. Even if you think the guy is a coarse asshole that you don't agree with and and you don't like trump you initially people thought well he might grow into the job he can't be totally stupid because he he's got this company that he built up and all the rest because we didn't know that much about him even though he was one of the most famous people who ever lived we didn't know enough about him we just didn't because he had a very shady side to him and this is the problem. You when There are certain people who thought, well, he's our president now, and he's saying that there's this voter fraud. And, he's been say, and he said about the Bertha situation where he accused Obama of, of not being American and not being birthed." He was obviously a, uh, a racist accusation. <coughs> and, and the problem you've got now is it, it does go into what we have been discussing many times on the show about reality and fantasy. And this is a police chief. That did this? I mean, he's he's kidnapping somebody because he's conv- he's he's had private detectives following a guy, thinking that in the back of his van, not air aircon re- repair equipment, he's got stolen ballot papers. It's insane, insane. It's, again, it.
0: it's down to that thing about who do you trust? Who do we trust anymore? I mean, in America, do you trust the police? Some parts of the states, no, you don't. Yeah. In here, I mean. I'm not trying to get a row going with you, Mike, because I'm sick to death of rowing with you. However, mm. because at times you are a bit, you know. Um, the royal family, Prince Andrew, what should be done about him? What should be done about him? You're a big supporter of the royal family, and it's the thing again do you D- trust the, the royal queen, family?
1: The queen, I trust. She's a great public servant.
0: Um, but, I mean, what should be done about him?
1: Well, him. You, do you, him you, and Trump are in the island together. You, and, uh, you, you question him. And then, if there's enough, you indict him, don't you? Like anybody else, you put, you you put him in court so and you, you try the evidence. So how our
0: establishment? Oh, if is There's always one. If they're seen to get away, well, with the if you time. believe, if you
1: believe, actually, Victorian conspiracy theories, one of the royal family was Jack the Ripper. So you
0: no, know. that's been disproved. That's no, hopefully, anyway, on the um, phone lines and on the video thingy, magicy, uh, should be Tom Anderson who can maybe answer some of your questions. Tom, Hi, you there guys. Hello. How are you doing?
1: Good.
0: Uh, he's a little bit low in my headphones, but I'll just try and turn him up. You uh, seem yeah. quite down a bit, there, Tom. I'm down in what sense? Well, you sound you sound usually quite more bubbly than than this. Are you? Upset? Oh, I'm good.
7: I'm- I'm happy. I'm listening to you knock law enforcement in America right before I even come on, so I'm smiling, I parts, thinking, oh Lord, of the this area. is oh, parts, on American from the wonderful city of Ma- uh, Manchester, where life is just perfect. When I die, I'll go to Manchester."
1: <laughs> right, that was a conspiracy theorist, not case who just happened to be police. He there was not knocking the police.
0: Met a very fine policeman over there. But, but well, you must admit, there's parts of the states where we'll talk about trust and who do you trust in general. I mean, do we trust the government anymore? Do we trust pharmaceutical companies? And it comes to a point of, I mean, do we trust companies that produce machines that add the ballots up? Who do we trust? Or where is it going to? Well, I will
7: tell you one thing. I trust the very few Republican mayors in America, like kevin faulkner in san diego who's working to ensure that voting homelessness drug rehab is working i don't trust mayors of cities like seattle portland minneapolis san francisco detroit oh, new orleans tom, tom, Chicago oh, because they're democrats and because they're because the democrats you're it's the not
0: about people how you trust well. them because you've got tag attached to them you're, you can say you can't trust them how childish is that tom really come on your question was, who can you trust? Exactly. I was giving you a response, which is you
7: can't trust Democratic mayors, large cities in, in America. Okay. But so I will tell you this, you yeah, can trust heard. the other in America, like of the great state of Texas and South Dakota and Alaska and other places where you see freedoms when it comes to masks and hand washing to the point where herd immunity is forthcoming in concert with vaccines. That's, that's I
1: crazy. Can trust. That that's not true, Tom. That's. Just I can crazy.
7: trust my opinion. That I wish I had true. a beer. It's not. So true. I could look at myself. You, or-
1: your your figures are absolutely apocalyptic this week, and I've got to say, the your your Kirstie gnome from uh, South Dakota is has done an appalling job. She's responsible for the death of tens of thousands of Americans with her quest for freedom that mask wearing we stops death. She's
7: probably the most popular governor in the nation per capita for per well, constitutional. so they like uh
0: just because you're popular it doesn't make to say you're going to win everything or do everything does it really tom and i don't mean well no but
7: but, how, but but if you don't measure for instance if you measure on statistics then depending on the question, high could be bad or good, low could be bad or good, low crime, uh, high high uh, uh, taxes is bad, low crime is good, right? That's a measure. If, if a measure is popularity in a poll uh, and someone says, I favor the governor, that's good. If you guys always wanna be devil's advocate or the counter and say, well, that's a bad thing, I mean, then we'll debate.
0: No. No, no, In, no. Talk, talk, you've gone against yourself there by that comment. You just say you're judging people on trust because of who they're tied to. Now, I judge well, people on, trust. Their, on the quality, that on the quality have have of on the thing, on how they deliver it. For example, we've never met, have we? But we met, and I got to know you better. More than likely, I trust you 100%. It makes no difference what you vote and what party you're tied to. It's about the quality oh, of the person. So why, why are you saying that nonsense? Well, not nonsense. Why is your GOP doing
7: that? You were talking about who you can trust and who yeah. you can't. And I'm saying demonstrably, tangibly, I believe some of the more prolific uh, and opinionated and resolute Republican governors are doing a good job. And I feel there are a couple Republican mayors, even though most cities in America, when they run for an election, it's called nonpartisan. But we know that each candidate typically is aligned to a party. And, I, and I, I wasn't trying to start with bravado when I said I'm not a fan of those cities. I love the people, I love the communities. I've been to all of them, aforementioned. But Seattle, I love Portland, I love, I live there. But, but I think that the mayors have done a disservice in Seattle and Portland, certainly in LA, certainly in San Francisco, Chicago. This gal, the African American gal, this recalcitrant, arrogant, acerbic gal, well, the, the, the homogeneity of that is all Democrats. So I think I would like to see more Republicans get into municipal leadership. Now, you asked about pharmaceuticals. We're going to have to hope for the best. For many years, we've trusted pharmaceuticals with polio vaccinations and smallpox and others. So how do you trust them? You just do. And my suspicion is the vaccines will work, including your Brits, Oxford, AstraZeneca one.
0: Now, you're part of of a... um, Well, you work with a big media um, company in Alaska. Sure. Um, How can we trust media? When, like, Fox News has changed its views on Trump, because, you know, he lost, so they jumped ship and they're going down a different road. Uh, and we, we, we've been watching, what's the name of that company, Mike? Newsmax. Newsmax. And I've watched Newsmax and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is just making up on the fly. This is cartoon. Well, now.
7: Newsmax is to the Republicans what Huffington Post in written form is to the Democrats. Some of them are, are very right and very left. I use Newsmax as a resource. I use CS, uh, NBC. I use all of them. And I think if people have time, they have to sit through. I I could be, uh, you know, I could prod you and and to to get a debate and say Fox News is the bastion of uh, efficacy and and neutrality, and it's not either. I agree. But I would say, Paul, you, you just have to dig. Like, I get New York Times every morning, and believe me, I don't agree. I agree less than I agree. But but when it says a satellite was launched, Minnesota Vikings, my team lost, Uh, Paul and and Mike got Citizens of the Year, you know, some of it's fact. So I figure I consider what's fact and what's opining.
1: But so, so with all this chaos that's going on at the moment, and it does feel like chaos when you're watching all the news channels. They, you, you are sure. watching Newsmax, and they are absolutely saying that Donald Trump will be inaugurated president on the twentieth of January, and that it's not over yet, and there's loads to to do. And in the article that we were going through before you came on. We were talking about um, the dangers of people losing faith in the electoral process. And there's a big difference between you said you weren't that hardcore last time. You were very reasonable. You said it's important to just check all the votes are counted. I mean, aren't you worried that to carry on much longer with all of this stuff that Sidney Powell is uh, is propagating and Rudy Giuliani that people are going to lose faith in voting on both sides.
0: And lose faith in the GOP.
7: Well, I think not in the GOP. I think that the core group will continue to support them and is exacerbating it by wanting them to challenge it. I'm not one of the challenger fans. I'm one that says, let's move on. And now look. let's look at the lame uh, attorney general choice, NC, National Security Council choice, Pete Buttigieg, with zero transportation background, other than what South Bend, Indiana, roads and streets.
1: Um, Betsy Betsy DeVos, Tom, Betsy Betsy DeVos, Betsy DeVos. You know, you
0: Let's not get into no
1: experience.
0: The family.
7: I think she did a great job. So, yeah. so, uh, I think that we move on now, you guys aren't going to get me to debate on that one because you don't see me. I don't even talk about it on my radio show. Paul and sometimes I don't even, I mean, Biden and Kamala Harris are going to be the next president and vice president. Um, I think there was malfeasance and problems in the election cycle. Would it have made a difference? I don't know, but I mean, I want to move on now. I've interviewed Sydney Powell. Did you know she's an acquaintance? Facebook friend and I've interviewed her maybe five times on my show, I know her. So, uh, you know, I'm not gonna disrespect her for the comment. She must have, Mm -hmm. I think, a well-meaning agenda in her mind because you don't know her, you guys, but she's like us. She's a thoughtful, intelligent person. You you would enjoy interviewing her, she's thoughtful. (laughs) She's obviously got her teeth into this bone to go after and I don't think it's gonna change anything.
0: Can I, I just, wish it did, but I think it will. Can I just mm-hmm. add, by the sure. way, Tom, I listen, listen to your show at least three times a week. It's a very good show. You have some well, you're people, very right? kind. And
7: you. and you know that I, uh, I mean, sometimes we're petulant and sophomore talking about food or whatever. But But I mean, for the most part, I think we're, Rationally based thinking. Now, I I have the balls to say I'm a little frustrated with Muslims. Not all. I have some friends that are Muslims, but the mindset on the hostile side, I'm a little frustrated with some of the Democrats more than not. I don't hate Chuck Schumer, but there are some lawmakers that I really dislike, like Ilhan Omar from Minnesota. I, I wish she did not live in America. She's a very
0: aggressive oh anti-patriotic a- person. Dear me, that's so. That's- edgy saying that in it? Uh, uh, um, we're looking about the future as well, Tom. How do you see the future of uh, the Republican Party? Do you think Trump will come back in another form, uh, away from the party, or do you think he'll go into 2024?
7: Uh, it's a worrisome conundrum, and it's a very good question. My consternation is that I have to decide if I want to support Pence or Ted Cruz in the next cycle, and I'm talking with my staff at Optima. It's very difficult. Of those two, I like them both. I'd probably pick Ted Cruz, but but I like them both. And uh, you know, if Trump came in, oh, I I hope not because he would just. I hope not in 2024. I so hope he goes on the lecture.
1: Yeah. So, do you so. think that it's? Run its course, irrespective of whether you like Trump or not like Trump, like, yeah. whatever opinion Especially you it's at its moment. Yeah. yeah,
7: I think that, and I think he did a good job for the most part, and you guys may disagree, but I, I could name a bunch of areas he did well. Uh, his legacy will unfold like Bush's and Obama's and Clinton's, and, you know, when we're elderly, we'll probably see the real legacy not so close, mm. you know, not so close to his departure. He's going to be out. Once it's legacy in a year, I mean that's unfair to ask that. You got to ask in 20 years when we're, you know, in our senior years, hopefully still doing this. Then we can say,
1: hey, let's look back. Mm-hmm. Trump sucked, I or can't, Trump did I make momentum. <clears throat> but do, yeah. do, so, do you think the? Is there some chance this is going to calm down a little bit now? Because I'm just saying yeah, now. we'll, well take I think
7: Once he's sworn in, yeah, I think once Biden. Foreign, it'll calm down, and I think just like when Al Gore barely lost to Bush, Republicans forget that he mm-hmm. barely lost. Since it came down to Florida, uh, mm-hmm. things moved on, and mm-hmm. Al Gore went on. I give Al Gore credit. I don't love Al Gore, but you got to give him credit for how much money he's made and lecturing, and people listen to him. And he's the guy that lost. Mm-hmm. So if Trump plays. Right, you never know, but I get a bit embarrassed that he's still protesting so vehemently. And rather than a narrative of his departure Mm. and what he's done and what he hopes for the future, he's still complaining about that. I don't like that lack of presidential persona, and that he's on my team. So it's like, please stop and let's move on. That's how I feel.
1: No, it's it's, nice to hear that. It, just, it it's you, and
7: I, you, you two and I wouldn't be buddies if you, if you saw me, you know, striking and freaking out still. I mean, you guys would say, you know, we have Tom Anderson on, but he's a little nutty. And no, I, I, I don't I've
1: think... learned a lot of stuff off you, Tom, over the years, and I've never said anything different. I mean, sometimes uh, I've had a very firm opinion on something, and you've given me something to think about. And it, it helps. I, so I don't believe that. Like in this election, the weird thing is, I do find a lot of his discourse and his personality really abrasive, Trump. But it—they can There must be something I'm missing because 70 million Americans voted for him. I I can't explain that to you.
0: Yeah. But the way the way yeah. I, actually, I suppose we finish on this as well, and we do we do thank you for coming on board. Tom. Yeah, it's very our, much. It's our tri- Christmas show next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you in a few minutes and join the other candidates who's contributed to this small little program uh, here in the UK. We do appreciate you. But I want to go push this thing about going forward about misinformation, which is on the internet, misinformation by the media, and how do you think? Forget the left and forget the right. How do you think as a journalist you can go forward and and look at things and and get an honest and clear view?
7: Well, I encourage your listeners, your viewers, to do what my team does at the Tom Anderson Show, which you can follow TomAndersonShow.com. We're on in Alaska, so we, uh, in the morning, which is evening your time, but, but what we try to do is vet and do as best we can with time limitations, just like everybody has. Oh, there's only so much attention you can give anything what we try to do is, is do compare and contrast, you know, the word juxtaposed to put two things together. So I look at, uh, you know, Washington Post, New York Times, Fox News, I don't use Newsmax at all. And, and, and maybe uh, a regional paper like LA Times or Seattle Times or Minneapolis Star Tribune. And then I try to look quickly at those and say, okay, I get the gist of this and then I extract it, and report it, kind of reform down to the nugget of the facts. And I think that's what people have to do when it comes to Biden and Kabbalah Harris and the rhetoric that will be spewed by our team and by the Democrats. So they understand what the policies are being offered, why, how and everything. And the best example I'll leave you with is the, you know, th- three quarters of a trillion dollars for our next. PPP relief, you know, the the pandemic relief. For instance, $300 a week for unemployment, or before we got $1,000 last year, will we get each family member six or 700? Uh, How much will we get for small businesses? That's what I read, and I read that in a couple of the more liberal newspapers. I'm trying to vet it. I'm trying to go to US Senate offices, Democrat, Republican, and that's the way to do it. 95% of your audience doesn't have time to do that. So then I would go to your mainstream papers and I think you'll probably get most of it accurate. I mean, I don't think the New York Times or the Manchester paper or the London paper is completely off the wall. A hardcore Republican would say that, but that's nonsense. For the most part, they're reporting what happened. A car wreck occurred. There was a boy and a girl. Maybe there was a comment about their race or age. You know, maybe they get it wrong, but for the most part, those things are typically accurate. So I think we're OK. I believe in media and I believe in our voting system. I believe in pharmaceuticals and the vaccines, who I don't believe in is like a Chinese government, uh, hardcore Muslim lawmakers in America, London, and London and England. And I can get into some of the negative areas. But for the most part, I think our countries are moving forward and I have faith in them.
1: Well this is that a, beat. Do you, a beat, yeah. Do you believe that maybe social media needs regulating though after this?
7: Well, but but you're asking an aggrieved party. Not literally, but I mean mm-hmm. the Republicans feel that there's not a lot of coverage when it comes to conservative minded things. For instance No, there feel, isn't actually I can speak for the nation, but I think most of us feel the forget the election. Hunter Biden hasn't been covered enough, Absolutely. and so when it's, Trump, when it's Trump and it's taxes, the Republican newsmaker in the room at the press conference maybe doesn't ask that. Mm. He or she says, "What are your best three attributes this week?" and you guys laugh and say, "What a joke!" And nine out of ten, the other nine say, "What about your taxes?" Conversely. Nine out of ten with Biden say, what are your favourite colours? I'm being facetious. No, no, One no, no, no. said, what about Hunter Biden? And he doesn't answer. No. It's, it's, must I... it's very biased in education and media to the left.
1: Well, it so, did turn out there was some stuff in the Hunter Biden story that everybody did completely ignore because it did. Because Rudy Giuliani was acting to some people, very eccentric and a little out of control, when he kept going on about the the laptop it did seem that it was another one of the crazy stories, but the only channel I saw covering it was uh, One American News and Newsmax covered it, and the mainstream media didn't touch no, it. I'm not too sure. Not too sure.
7: Yeah, Epoch News is another one I recommend. To me, that leans conservative, but Epoch News E P O C H I subscribe to that, and mm-hmm. I just subscribed to the Wall Street Journal, and both are good. Epoch is a little more partisan, but it does give a perspective. If you guys wanted to take a test away from sides. One America Fox and Newsmax, try, look at Epoch. For a conservative viewpoint,
0: Tom Tom Anderson from Tom Anderson Show. Thank you so much. We'll speak next week. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. You take care. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. Uh, Tom Anderson, and he has a great radio show as well in the mornings. If you want to tune in, just go, just type in Tom Anderson Show. it will come up on Google. You'll find it. At times, and the show before is quite extreme, I think, but Tom's. At times balanced, but it's entertaining uh, and he's well mm. worth listening to. Tom Anderson from the Tom Anderson's show here on um, Mankinian Candidates. Mike, what's up next? Well,
1: even though uh, some people, it seems, have accepted things and are <laughs> ready to move on, we, we do a follow up on something we covered last week. It turns out that maybe the more t- further towards the right. Uh, are still not quite ready to do that and uh, are looking into somebody's
10: qualifications. Oh, Dr. Jill Biden. Have you heard about this? Uh, She got a PhD in education a few years ago, and now she runs around insisting that everybody calls her doctor. Now, Hate to tell her i have heard i know a lot of phds um they don't go around calling themselves doctor there is this whole adage that if you've delivered a baby you can call yourself a doctor everybody else it should be mr or mrs but dr jill with her doctorate in education just like bill cosby um, wants to be called dr jill biden i think it's uh, kind of silly so some guy at the wall street journal named uh, epstein decided to write an op-ed about it. Is there a doctor in the house? Not if you need an MD. Jill Biden should think about dropping the honorific, which feels fraudulent, even comic. Let's go in, I think we have a quote from the story. He summarized how silly he thought this was. Oh, okay, got a lot to read here. In contemporary universities in the social sciences and humanities, calling oneself doctor is thought Bush League. The PhD may once have held prestige, but that has been diminished by the erosion of seriousness and the relaxation of standards in university education uh, generally, at any rate, outside the sciences and he was kind of he kind of put her down a little bit but look he's an academic and he's writing in the wall street journal and he made fun a little bit of potentially the next first lady of the united states i still don't think it's going to happen by the way um so everybody in washington dc went absolutely crazy i think we have uh, a, a statement from uh, the biden's communications director kate Beddingfield. Oh, wait, actually, let's go through the university first. Northwestern University. They distance themselves from this guy big time. Joseph Epstein has not been a lecturer at Northwestern since 2003. Uh, they go on to say, next, please. Oh, they removed him from uh, their website. He was totally erased. Next, next, the university statement continues. Uh, they called his views misogynistic. And by the way, everybody else in the world totally freaked out. I wanna show you, I know it's off my phone, it's a little bit crude, but uh, can you see that? Ooh, Wall Street Journal. You ran a sexist essay on Jill Biden. Don't tell us to calm down. The Wall Street Journal column about Jill Biden is worse than you thought. As critics blast a misogynistic op-ed on Jill Biden, a Wall Street Journal editor blames cancel culture. That was good. Uh, The reasons uh, the Wall Street Journal should apologize to Dr. Biden. Wall Street Journal denounced after sexist article calls Jill Biden kiddo. So some of this was coming from the the Biden team. Uh, They're orchestrating all of this. And it just seemed really, really creepy to me. This guy is a private citizen. And... He's making fun of the potential president's wife. So what? I will say this. If you want to see sexist behavior, Joe has been demonstrating it daily, but the mainstream media never call him out. You want to see that again? It was one of the most ridiculous moments I've ever seen. And there are about a thousand of these ridiculous moments you can choose from. Joe grabbing every woman in sight for a long time. Now, where are the stories about this, right? During the primary it was okay, but now, nope, nope, nope. Um, such a double standard, right? Such a double standard. For whatever reason, they want to give Joe a pass on just about everything. I think it's because they hate Donald Trump. That's why they're cutting him so much slack.
0: And welcome back to Remainer TV uh, here on Fab Radio International and so- YouTube.
1: So so what do you reckon of him grabbing every woman in sight then? And this is a problem, isn't it? I mean, like, this is just a made-up
0: TV. can't
1: help himself, could he? People twice and once in slow motion, he grabbed I, her. I like the Photoshop of the Doctor. Oh, God, it? I'd be really upset if someone on the mag that we've got did that. I'd well, be like, wait, wait, look at the lines on it. Who
0: can you trust when corporations are putting out this bullshit, absolute bullshit, and corporations are pushing it out and pushing it out, mm. and people will believe it?
1: Well, you know the problem is it. it I'll say this. The problem with what we've just watched yeah. is it distracts from some really serious stuff yeah. that's going on, and you uncovered something that brought to my attention that that no one's hardly reported. No, on.
0: no. But before that, though, before that, a quick a few messages okay. uh, and I got a few emails yeah. from Eddie, Eddie over in Ireland. How are you doing, Eddie? Johnny, um, these messages for us. Yeah, of Stephen
1: Blackmore saying he thinks it's insane leaving the EU. It's making us look a complete laughing stock, and I disagree with a lot of the emails, Mike, yeah. that you're reading tonight. Uh, but he does love the title Remainer TV. Yeah. Nick's saying uh, insane. That's putting it mildly. The Trump administration has has redefined insanity. Its citizens have become expendable. Seventeen million cases, three hundred eight thousand deaths. Um, and but he's reminding, saying to Tom there that Ivanka is supposed to be running. Tom. So uh, even if um, he's one of those two guys he's mentioning there, if he if it's Ted Cruz or if it's uh, Pence, the Ivanka is still in playoff. One of the one of the Trumpites. Um, and he also points out PhDs are never comic. They require significant amounts of work. Professors, on the other hand, being honorific is another matter. There's a can of worms. Opening.
0: Can of worms. Eddie says here emails. um blah, 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 blah. Well, he said a few things. He says Facebook starts taxing Facebook in the country that they make money from and not offshore in the Cayman Islands. Good point. Um, Boom. He also mentioned about Cummings getting a 40 grand pay rise as well. Yeah, it's which a disgrace. Just, happened, um, just after he got. Yeah, booze just just it. prior. If he'd yeah.
1: stayed, that was his new pay pay situation. Yeah. Just, just after he was deeply involved in all the pay freezers.
0: All the pay freezers, unless you're a Tory. Wow. What's she called? Is Mrs. Um, Carrie Simmons. Yeah. Well, her best mate. She's got a new job as well. Um, in the mates' at university, so they made a job up. There's no interview. I'm your mate. You have got fifty grand part-time job. Well done. Tory party. So, like, That's someone what made you want. this
1: up for me. I, mean, what I can't really criticise. This got made up for me. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Keeps me off the streets.
0: Anyway, let's go back to Trump. And now this is a real serious point we want to bring in and what's gone on in the last few days since, since um, it's happened about him losing the vote.
1: And it's not being reported very no. much at all. And it's um, basically a killing spree, isn't it? Killing spree. Maybe we can uh, watch a video and then discuss it.
0: or maybe not. The video's not working. Mike? Is it not? Have you messed up the video? Is room? it on the input?
1: Um, you just do it direct from the input? Mm-hmm. No? No. Um, do you, if you click input on that, add it. Um,
0: it's a technical problem there. It's in the folder. It,
1: hopefully it'll, it'll yeah no worries
0: no come problems. back to that next week we uh,
1: certainly okay. will yeah
0: so let's move um, on let's okay move on. so
1: i was discussing with tom there and i had quite a heated um i would say he got it wasn't a major disagreement but we have a certain woman who i think when it comes to covid and what's gone on we he has a very different opinion from me about the governor of south dakota um and I would like to watch a video and you can then uh, make your mind up whether you think that she's done a top-notch job as governor of South Dakota.
4: In North Dakota's largest city, masks are now required as the state grapples with a virus that has now claimed one in every 1,000 residents.
2: We didn't take COVID very seriously as a state as a whole.
6: I think we should have had a mandate a couple months ago to slow this thing down.
4: Bordering Manitoba with half the population, North Dakota has 10 times the infection rate.
5: If this virus hadn't been here, he would still be alive.
4: Manitoba born 58 year old Tony Lepke was a truck driver living in Fargo. His sister says he was taking precautions.
5: It's a serious, serious virus that we really need to get under control.
4: Among the reddest of red states, North Dakota largely put individual liberties ahead of collective health initiatives, only requiring masks once hospitals were overwhelmed. Neighboring South Dakota still is not.
8: There was a day last week where we hit uh, actually 88% positivity.
4: (laughs) As the warning of health officials meet resistance against broad public health restrictions.
8: I really feel that this country really needs to stand up for what it believes. People choose not to, we still should treat them uh, with respect.
4: South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem has been criticized for downplaying the danger of the virus.
8: My people are happy. They're happy because they're free.
4: Meanwhile, gatherings in both states, like the 365,000 people at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally last August, have led to outbreaks in other parts of the U.S. That closed border with Manitoba proving to be a critical line to keeping it from spreading. Cameron McIntosh, CBC News, Winnipeg. We
8: invited Governor Nome to join us this morning, but she declined. But here to describe what she's seeing on the front lines in South Dakota is Jodi Doring. She's a registered nurse who has called the coronavirus crisis in her state, quote, a horror movie that never ends. Um, Nurse Doring, thank you so much for being here. When I read some of your tweets, (laughs) my jaw dropped. You said that even now that the hospital is being overrun with COVID patients, they come in, they're horribly ill, they're gasping for breath, and yet they don't believe? they have COVID?
5: Yeah, I think the hardest thing to watch is that people are still looking for something else and they want a magic answer and they don't wanna believe that COVID is real. And the reason I tweeted what I did is it wasn't one particular patient, it's just a culmination of so many people. And their last dying words are, um, this can't be happening, it's not real. And when they should be spending time FaceTiming their families they're filled with anger and hatred, and it just made me really sad the other night. And um, I just can't believe that those are going to be their last thoughts and words.
8: Anger and hatred towards you? Um, you know, I think
5: it's just uh, a belief that it's not real, and nursing happens to be on the receiving end of that. And that's okay. We can take that. That's what you're there for. It's just in the bigger picture when you try to reason with people of, can I call your family, your kids, your wife, your friend, your brother, and they say, no, because I'm going to be fine. And you're watching their oxygen levels, um, you know, maxed out on what we call vapotherm at 100% and their oxygen level might be 75. That's not really that compatible with life. And we know where that's going to head. And it just makes you um, sad and mad and frustrated. And then you know that you're just going to come back and do it all over again. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where that
8: stemmed from. How could it not make your own head explode? They're gasping for (laughs) breath. Their oxygen levels are dropping. What do they think is wrong with them?
5: You know, I think people look for anything. Um, People want it to be um, influenza. They want it to be pneumonia. They want it to be I mean, we've even had people say, well, I think maybe it might be lung cancer. I mean, something so far-fetched. And the reality is since day one, when COVID started in this area in March, you've kind of been able to say, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. Like, I hate to tell you that you have COVID, but that's what you have. You know, even after positive results come back, some people just don't believe it. Now that's not everybody. We have a lot of patients who are very, very grateful for their care. very thankful for what you do. But unfortunately, that's not what I'm remembering right now. And as my nursing career, um, that that's not what I want to be remembered, be remembering poor, I want to remember the saves and the happy situations. And what I was remembering, chilling on the couch the other night with my dog was not that.
8: Of course not. I mean, of course not. And it's just so mind blowing to think that they would rather have lung cancer, they'd rather a diagnosis (laughs) of lung cancer. Than of coronavirus. And so, I mean, you've said that it just, I mean, if I quote you from morning television, it's an effing horror movie that you live every day. And so what toll is this taking on you?
5: Yeah, hindsight, um, I didn't realize that this was gonna go viral. I probably could have left the F-bomb out of there, but the reality is that's how you feel. And so um, it it is like, it's just a a movie where the credits never roll. You you just do it all over again and it's... um, hard and sad because every hospital, every nurse, every doctor in this state is seeing the same things. These people get sick in the same way. You treat them in the same way. They die in the same way. And then you do it over again. And we're so thankful for um, the lessons we've learned along the way. And we're doing a good job of taking care of the people that come in. And um, we're managing our patient loads um, here right now. Sometimes it's day-to-day, sometimes it's hour-to-hour. But the reality is that right now it's not getting better. You said just um, as you started the show, you know, 50 to 60% positivity rate. I mean, our entire state has 880,000 people. It doesn't take much to do the math on that for how many of us are sick.
8: Christine Noem, Governor of South Dakota. This is how we do social distancing in our state.
0: That, that was great.
8: Less COVID, more hunting. That's the plan for the future.
1: Um. Less COVID, more hunting. That's the plan for the future. I think she's an animal. I actually think she's an animal. Uh, I respect Tom's opinion on loads of stuff here. we've discussed it with, uh, Tom Anderson, but on, on her, I can't agree. I think she's a reprehensible human being. She's an example of that uh, rugged individualism where true grit, isn't she? She's a cowgirl. She appeals to the South Dakotans or South Dakotians. Is that it? I don't know. But she has said, yeah, basically, don't wear a mask if you don't want to. She She does go with trump on the oh it's a bit pansy it's a little bit weak to be seen wearing a mask she never wears one she goes along with trump she's not locked anything down they have not done any lockdown whatsoever they are the leading state the leading area on planet earth not america not um, even half the globe the entire planet South Dakota is leading in deaths in COVID, and this week it has hit the high. It's going to the apocalypse, that state.
0: It's absolutely crazy, and but look what's happening here in the UK. In the UK, our death rates in comparison to the particular people who live here, we're in a crazy situation. We really want to push home to you as well. This Christmas, forget it, it's over with. Forget this Christmas, please. Well,
1: you can, Christmas. Have a, you can have something, right? Well, I'll just say to talk about the situation in the UK, it's complicated, but in many levels. No, it? I was about to let me yeah. finish. It's well, complicated. Like what fucking comments? It I just said. You did, you you said, yeah, you'd stop me. Oh, fucking, what's the point of being here then? Don't. Eh? What's the a fucking point of being here then? Don't. What's the fucking point of being here? Eh? It's for a few days.
0: Five days. Do we need five days? Yeah, service? you didn't no. even
1: let me say. I, well, of, I'm of. done now. I'm not taking part in the rest of the show. If that's it, right. there's no point.
0: Right, well, i was a few comments here. This is about people being misinformed. Eddie, our our wonderful, wonderful guy who's over in Ireland, sent me a message. Ivanka was not born in the US, so cannot stand. What does that say? That's misinformation, Eddie. You got it wrong. She's born in New York. So you are picking up misinformation and spreading it, and that's my point, misinformation. Mike, please carry on.
1: Right, can I finish now? Yes. Right, what I was about to say is it may, the, the background to all of this may be complicated. We lots of social factors and lots of different areas who all have different needs, but I was going to say it's incredibly simple... When uh, the re- only time the government's pol- policy has worked has been when they kept it simple and when it's lockdown. Lockdown means lockdown. Don't go out here unless you've got a job that requires it. And then suddenly the virus can't spread and it just collapses in on itself. And it was down to zero nearly. It was very, very few figures. There were some days it hadn't even got to treble figures. You had, you had 10 dead, 6 dead. And it worked. And then if we'd have done that, we could have got to that point and then carried on. And instead of this, we've this obsession with Christmas, to me is absolutely insane. I don't understand it. I don't understand why everybody just thinks that they can just have those three or four days and live in some cloud cuckoo land where they're ignoring what's gone on and then it's going to be all right. In January, our staff in all the hospitals around the country are going to be trying to vaccinate people and you want as many freed up healthcare workers to get the vaccines to people. Instead, the wards are going to be full of cases of COVID. That's all, that's, that's it to me. Well, the also problem-
0: we've got, uh, I'm glad to say, we've sorted out a little problem we had before as well. So we've got a finishing clip about what we're saying about Trump, what has Trump been doing since he lost the election?
11: What yeah. we're seeing, uh, we're in the midst of a series of executions here uh, that really in a lot of ways turn the clock back. That this is behavior from the federal government that's something we haven't seen in decades. Uh, We have been on a track now uh, going back through much of our recent history in which there has been new constriction of the use of the death penalty, a broad understanding and consensus across our politics that too often we get it wrong, uh, that there are innocent people who are convicted, there are innocent people who've been locked up and that we do not want uh, to take the chance of killing the wrong uh, person. There has been a shift in public sentiment over the years uh, that would make us more cautious and less likely to employ something like the death penalty. But what we're seeing now in the final days of the Trump administration is a show of force, a show of power, this uh, decision to kind of execute a, a wave of people, uh, to kill a wave of people purely just because the president can, the Justice Department can right? Uh, that there was not a particular rush In any of these cases, uh, as most penalty cases, these are cases that have stretched on for years, for decades in some cases, yet the president himself uh, likes to be seen as a strong leader, as an authoritarian type. He wanted to do these. Uh, The Justice Department agreed with him. And so what we're seeing is uh, the biggest wave of executions uh, in part so that the president can claim. He was as tough as any president of our time, as it relates to, uh, you know, so-called violent criminals.
5: And it's interesting to see this on the heels of him making these performative uh, efforts to reach black voters, which, you know, didn't go his way. So now he doesn't feel a need to do this kind of performative outreach, I suppose. I I should note, though, um, that I think is really important that the death penalty being imposed is is often by state governments. Um, So the fact that the federal government is imposing this is, is, is quite bizarre, I think. Because public support for the death penalty has waned so much, what will it take to outlaw the
11: death penalty? So, we've seen in a number of cases, uh, in many states, uh, new state laws that have uh, gotten rid of or abolished the death penalty, voters going to the ballot boxes in various places and saying our state should not do this. Um, what we Also seen in many other cases is even states that do not have laws in the books uh, outlawing the death penalty or or getting rid of its usage. Governors and legislatures and politics of the states where they basically say, all right, we're not going to do this, right? This is not who we are and this is not what we are. In practicality, we're not going to execute What we know is that just a handful of states commit most of the execution in the United States of America. And and that has always been true, uh, that the majority of executions occur in southern states, and we'll get into the history as to why in a minute. Um, And in many ways, this has kind of been sitting at the court level for a long time, uh, where the disagreements between laws from one state to the other and the difficulty that that increases. In many cases, states have difficulty getting a hold of the cocktail for the drugs used to execute people. Uh, this yes. is begging for some level of Supreme Court intervention for a long time, right? Because again, the role of the, of the Supreme Court very often is to mediate these types of policy disagreements between states as to what is true and what is not. And so uh, what we imagine is that eventually, um, this is probably something that uh, is taken up by the high court.
0: Yes, that sounds right.
1: I just find it chilling because th- there has to be a reason why he's embarked on this, and normally you can understand the grift with the election fraud he's trying to raise some money before he leaves. You can understand <laughs> the tax cut he was doing that for his mates. You can understand the kids in board in cages because he wanted to clamp down on immigrants because he's a bit racist. I don't what is he doing here I,
0: th- I personally think he's appealing to a certain. His crowd, a certain parts of his crowd, who are racist. Yeah, I
1: mean, he's uh, to What you think? I don't know uh, off top of my head. I know a lot of these are black. Um, there's eight people due for execution. I can't say they're all black, but the two that have already been executed since the story broke are black. Um,
0: it's appealing to his fan base, isn't it? Simple as that.
1: So you think that he actually wants to kill some black people on the way out the door? You can trust me, KKK. Yeah, good people on both sides
0: on that note on a sad note and it is a sad show in many ways because of what's happened uh, breaking news here about so many 532 deaths in the last 24 hours Yeah, terrible times but we'll be back next week um, my name is Paul Ripley and
1: I'm Mike Royce take care and be sensible <laughs>